Hey everybody, I'm Carly Knight. And I'm Sabrina Monet. And this is Procrastination Plant. Where we should be writing, but... Okay, so in a previous episode, we talked about projects we didn't finish writing. Yes. And that was a while back. And so today we've decided to go on to the consumer end of the creator-consumer spectrum and talk about the books we didn't finish reading. Yes. Because sometimes we procrastinate on book reading as well. Um, And we're going to be making some confessions with our procrastination. Yeah. And I think some of it is just going to be plain old catharsis. Yes. Because we'll probably, well, I am anyway, going to be ranting about my pet peeves with writing. Okay. As I do all the time. Yes. And I think we should probably delve into some of the reasons we don't finish in general as well, in case we skip anything with particular books. Okay. Do you want me to be the first to testify? Testify. All right. A book that I have not finished, but I have lied and said that I have. It's been something like two decades. I haven't finished Great Expectations. You read it, right? Have I? When did I read it? Okay, I read it in my my ninth grade English class. I think we just did excerpts, though. And then we watched the movie. And then we watched the movie. We did the same thing. And then I made a mental note, finish the book. And I never did. But I lie and say I've read everything by Dickens. (laughs) I don't know why I tell that particular lie. I think it has something to do with him being a British author. He's a British author. And also he had um, a lot of sympathy for the working class. Is that why I lie and say? Because here's another lie. And I'll admit this. That might make you socially correct. I just couldn't get beyond all the dialect and hard times. Oh my god. I had to read that for my Britlet class and I think I I spark notes a good deal of it because of all the cockney going on. And I'm like, okay, you don't need to you don't need to write all of that dialect, Dickens, but then it's like, oh yeah, wait. They didn't have internet or anything back in the day, so they had time to translate the dialect. Yes. But sorry, I'm interrupting. No, you're not interrupting because I, I believe that the Cockney is the reason that it slows me down from reading this. Mm-hmm. And another one that I lie and say is The Dubliner by um, James Joyce. Okay. I lie and say I finished that one just because he wrote some 400-page book that only had one period <laughs> at the very end. So it's all one. Are you talking about Ulysses? Sorry, Ulysses. Why am I saying Dubliner? Well, it's a James Joyce work. Okay, Ulysses is the one I'm talking about. Yeah, that was the stream of consciousness one. Okay, so apparently he had a big old fart fetish as well. There were some love letters he'd exchanged with his mistress, and he's talking about how much he loves her farts. (laughs) Gosh. So that's like, I I don't know why I lie. It's not like anyone I know is going to hold me to it and say, you didn't finish that. (laughs) But I've kept that lie with me for a very long time, and I'm letting it out today. Okay. I've Um, just been... um, I've just read his short stories. Okay. Although, talking about the farts thing, that might actually interest any future students of mine to read James Joyce. I'd like you to talk about farts. Read it. Why eight kids and farts, huh? Mm-hmm. They think that stuff is hilarious. Oh, I know. I mean, if it wouldn't get me kicked out of the, um, the school district or something, as a teacher, I'd be like, read Chaucer, read Shakespeare. There's dick jokes in it, son. Yes. But you can't really do that. But you you can like. You'd be like, find the jokes. He's got jokes in there. Look for the jokes, kids. So I'm happy that we both haven't finished Great Expectations. Yeah. Okay. okay so solidarity. Yes. Now I'm interested to see what Miss Carly has not finished. I'm going to be all wishy-washy and talk about a book I almost didn't finish. I almost didn't finish Gone Girl. Oh. I stopped at about page 24. 
Okay. At first, it sounded like one of these novels that tries too hard. Like, it tries to be hard to be hipster. Like, it was yeah. really super self-conscious. Like, they had a bar called Bar. Gee, that's so ironic. And his sister, Margot is nicknamed Go. And I'm just I'm like, oh, God. I, I can't do this. This is, this is pretentious. This is going to be a pretentious fucking book. I don't have this kind of time. So I put it aside for a while. And then I kept hearing about it, how things get diabolical and crazy. And so I'm like, okay, I'll pick it up again. And I followed the, um, the Nancy Pearl rule of not finishing. Yes. And her thing is, read until page 50. Although if you're over the age of 50, you can subtract your age from 100. And stop at that page. Because life is too short to um, slog through books that you hate. I believe it. So I picked it up a second time. And then I got into it, like, from page 25 on. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I picked it up a second time. So there was that. Did you picture Ben Affleck while you were reading it? You know, I think I kind of did. Okay, maybe I did. Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm just retroactively placing that memory on there. But I pretty much just... I was picturing a generic frat boy douche. Okay. So maybe, yeah, Ben Affleck. Sometimes I feel like I, I'll stop reading a book, not because, oh my God, this is a shitty book, but sometimes I'm just in the wrong mood for a book. And then I set it aside, and then I can come back to it later, try again if I'm in the right mood. Speaking of books that you feel like, oh, I can't finish this for whatever reason, mm -hmm. I'm having that now for a book that actually came out this year. Mm. And that is Lost Children Archive. And I haven't it, heard of that one. Valeria Luiselli. Okay. So she's been published before. You know how you look at someone's jacket and they have all those awards? Yeah. So she has that. She's cool. What made me pick up this book? Oh, it's one of my Debbie Downer books. Oh, okay. It's about this family who's traveling to look at... Um, the last spot that the last remaining Apache tribe lived at peacefully before they were split up and, and sent. And the children are like, why is this tribal land so important for us to visit? And oh. the father's like, because it doesn't exist anymore and you should acknowledge things that were once great that no longer exist and just disappeared. He's like, because if you remember it, it'll always be with you. And I thought, whoa, it, that's hooked me, right? Uh-huh. As I started to read the story, I realized the story is going to be broken down into four parts from the po point of view of both the mother and the father and the two children. And as I'm a few pages into it, they did something that I didn't agree with. Okay. And then I'm like, am I a fucking prude? Am I an asshole? And because someone, a character does something I would never do, I immediately don't want to continue on with the story. And... So I, I I have it to the side. This happened like two days ago. I have the book to the side and I'm, I want to finish it because I know it, her writing style and just the subject matter. It It's one of those things that you're like, you have to read this and see how, where it goes. Mm -hmm. But another part of me is just a little bit angry. Not at her or the subject matter because characters can be whatever they want to be. Mm -hmm. Mad at myself for, for being so, can I say what had happened? Or too new. Is it, um, how early in the book does it take place? It took, it takes place on like page seven. Oh, okay. Go ahead. They're on this road trip to go to where the Apaches last had their tribal ground. Mm -hmm. 
and they're they're talking and she she's describing everything the way that you would so the children go to bed and we're standing here and they've had their dinner and everything and i'm reading through yeah 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 she goes and we weren't tired yet so we went and smoked a joint okay and she's like and then we were a bit too high and we were looking at the children and the way they were sleeping was kind of funny and something about the way my daughter reached up and scratched her nose made me laugh, which made my husband laugh. And we just started laughing together and we realized we were being too loud and maybe we had smoked a little too much dope and shouldn't have done that. But in that moment, I realized I'd laugh with him more right then than we had in our entire marriage. Okay. That bugged me and I don't know why. I, I That sounds like a thought. That's pretty normal to have if you're in a long-term relationship. No, 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 no. The dope part. Stale. And I think I just have a problem. Like, partaking of the herb when you're younger is such a bad word to use because we're all young at heart for the rest of our lives. <laughs> but, I, I, okay, I, I, I think every adult should be free to do whatever they like. Mm-hmm. I just have a, I don't real. I don't know how people can do it when they have kids. Like, if the kids are away or something like that, that's mm-hmm. fine. But could you see yourself smoking a joint in one room right before you go in to check on your niece or nephew? That, to me, sounds... I, I, it didn't sit well with me. Okay. But so, I could just cause be... Because you don't think the parents would have their wits about them. But how would it be different from them having drinks before? See, I drinking around the kids, too. I don't like that. Okay. So you have... What's my problem? Yeah, diagnose me. Well, maybe you're concerned that the parents wouldn't have their wits about them in case there was something to happen. I think that's what it is. So you're worried about the kids' safety and that the parents who are supposed to protect the kids are going to be too incapacitated to protect them. Yeah, I don't... Maybe that gives you anxiety because you're worried about the kids' safety, potentially. It it made me anxious. And so I couldn't continue on with the story. Okay. So it's more than just... It's more than just an I'm a prude about... about Or I could just be a prude. Okay. Yeah. So if it's truly legitimately one of those, I'm going to totally worry about the kids thing, then you're free to put the book down because it's just going to give you too much anxiety unless you can push past that particular chapter and like nothing fucking happens. Yeah. Okay. If it's just a case of you being a prude, keep reading. Okay. I think, yeah, I think I might be a prude. Okay. But that was my rant in the middle of of your story. (laughs) My bad. Oh, I wasn't telling a story. I was just letting you go. So, well, you had a legitimate put it down not a cop out almost put it down yeah (laughs) i had the cop out let's hear it okay so a book i legit did not finish reading was laura lamont's life in pictures by emma strom that sounds so familiar yeah i picked it up because i'm a sucker for anything old hollywood and it was kind of yeah it was kind of a romana clay about a star who went from the silent era to her in the modern times the modern times. What? <laughs> I sound like an idiot. Like but anyway. Greta Garbo. Yes. But the thing that bothered me was the fact that I got two thirds of the way through it. And then I'm just like, okay, I gave it a good try. And I'm sure she's, I think she has good writing potential. I'm a little bit, I have to pick up another book to, um, to see. But with this one, I felt like the story was mostly summary and no real scenes. Yeah. And so it was a lot of tell, no show. That gets to you. I, I, I notice you saying that about some things. Yeah, it's like, immerse me in the scene. I want to feel like I'm in there. Yeah. And the character was kind of passive. A lot of things were happening to her. 
instead of her working to make things happen. Mm. I mean, your characters don't have to be all kick-ass action heroes or anything like that. And the inciting incident of a story can be something that happens to the character. But your character really should actively work to make the story go. Yes. There's a problem, you work to solve it. Your work to solve that problem leads to yet another problem, that kind of thing. So there has to be work involved. Because you don't want to just follow the story of a lazy character. Yeah. So that was pretty much my thing. I think her descriptions were nice. Okay. So I think I'm going to have to pick up another novel of hers. And give it a go. Yeah, just to see if it was a case of, like, first novel jitters or something like that. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not trashing her as an author. We haven't plus, trashed anyone. Yeah, yes. plus being an author, it's not a good look to trash other authors, really. I've done that in previous podcasts, but I think you've <laughs> gracefully cut it out. I think I did. Did I? Yeah, I you know. did. Okay. Although you I was on Goodreads and someone was complaining about the book not naming names. Why did we have to have fictionalized celebrities? Why couldn't we have the real shit? Oh, no. And then there's a discussion thread in there and some people are like, oh, well, maybe she wanted to avoid libel and slander of names. Because celebrity estates can come back and get you if you're not, if you're not careful. Yeah. And then someone's like, other books name names like, um, what was it? Laura Moriarty's The Chaperone. Louise Brooks was a character. But perhaps she had permission to do it. Gotcha. And I think you have to be, you have to tread really carefully if you're using the names of real characters. Yeah. Um, the Chaperone was a great book, by the way. You have to read it. Okay. I think just with this particular reviewer, they want a book that names names. They don't, they probably don't like blind items when it comes to gossip. Yeah. And they probably don't like Romanoclays. Like yeah. in Valley of the Dolls, it was kind of a Romanoclay. Like um, Neely O'Hara was kind of a Judy Garland. Jennifer North was kind of a Marilyn Monroe type. Yeah. I like the fun of trying to guess. Me too. Like Sex in the is. City. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun for me as a reader. So I think if, if you're a writer and you're doing a dishy kind of Hollywood book, you're not under any obligation to give real celebrities or use celebrities as actual characters in the book. Yeah. I mean, I've name checked a few in my work in progress just to give a little bit of flavor as far as the time and place and whatnot. But I'm not using any of them as actual characters because I don't want to get permissions and I don't want to worry about anyone's estate coming back to sue my ass. Yeah. But I really just like the Romana Clay aspect, so. Yeah. You'll yeah. get one of our other novels soon and. Yeah. In the future. Exactly. So what about you? Don't get mad. I'll probably get mad, but go ahead. We have to have tension. Remember, we have to, we have to be antagonistic because otherwise there's no chemistry and we're just going to be in an echo chamber. Witching Hour by Anne Rice. And I know I bring her up all the time. Why would I she get was mad? my mentor. Why would I get mad? You're the, you're the Anne Rice fangirl. I know. I, or, I, or wait, you're telling yourself not to get mad. You're like, other Sabrina, please don't get mad. So the, the Witching Hour, are you familiar with the Witching Hour? No. Okay, so you know how she writes about vampires, like Lestat, my friend Lestat. Yeah. She also writes about witches. Okay. Same, New Orleans, same time, starting in the 1800s. And I tried to pick up the witching hour, and I didn't finish. I think I got like 50 pages through, okay. and I went back to my vampires, and then she did something that offended me. Mm -hmm. She wrote a book where she combined her witches with my vampires, <laughs> and... 
she turned one of her witches into my vampire Lestat's soulmate. I lost my shit. Oh no, you're worse than a fanfiction community. <laughs> I lost my shit. I said, what? And then I have to go back and read The Witching Hour and Lasher and Taltos and the entire witching series mm-hmm. because they actually say in one of the lines in my vampire book, he f- that one because they were referencing The Witching Hour series and they referenced him and said he fell deeply in love with a witch then they added who was if not more as powerful as him oh my god okay now th- i get why you're pissed off because it sounds like she's making one of those self-insert mary sue characters and here's the thing that i don't like about that it makes your dumb little witches as strong <laughs> as lestat and the thing is the only reason lestat had that strength is because he had the blood of akasha running through his veins I doubt some little witch all the way from New Orleans could compare to a 10,000-year-old African queen who single-handedly demolished her entire country when they tried to turn against her. That kind of power compared to Hocus Pocus power? (laughs) I don't see it. Wow. So, I have to... Take the time to read The Witching Hour to see why a descendant of a handful of I didn't get hanged or burned in Salem witches (laughs) can stand up and be a soulmate to Lestat de Lioncourt. That's my rant. Wow. (sighs) Well, the way you say it, it sounds like she was writing bad fan fiction. And writing bad fan fiction for her own series... But then kind of makes her own self-insert wishful thinking character. Wait, did this witch mysteriously look like Anne Rice with the bangs and the bob and all that kind of thing? I haven't read into Merrick's description, but this is the thing. Um, I have two questions. Um, Wait, okay. I'm sorry? You're saying someone else's description? Is this is this a different author? No, no, no. It's Anne Rice. I I, I never read what Merrick looks like. Like I hated her at oh, first okay. thought that I never went to see what she looked like. So wait, you're hating a book that you haven't read? Oh yeah, I haven't read any of the Witching Hour. There's just references to it in the present day Lestat novels because oh, there's like okay. twelve of them altogether. And so I, I've read the Vampire Chronicles chronologically, and we started to get up to like book nine, and they're like, it wasn't his story. He was just featured in one of the witch stories. Okay. So there's a blurb about Lestat's soulmate. And I was like, who, who's, I'm sitting right here, bitch. Who are you talking about? <laughs> wow. And then um, they go on about these witches. And I'm like, wait a minute, the witching hour witches? So it confused me because... If you have a series, in both of these, I, she started Lestat in the late 70s, and she started The Witching Hour in the mid-80s. Okay. These continued on for 30 years on their own track, and it wasn't until the early 2000s that she melded them. Does that seem like a publishing house pushing her to do something, or a ghostwriter who came up with a cool idea, or maybe she just decided, yeah, I've been writing these characters for 30 years. Let me meld them. That's hard to say. I think okay. anything is possible, quite honestly. I mean, she's at the point where her name is bigger than the title. She's editor-proof, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. But it, that just threw me for a loop when I saw the reference to the witches in there. Because oh, okay. here's the thing. Witches still die mm-hmm. because they're mortals. So how can anyone, even if they have magic, have the power of an immortal going on a few thousand years? You're like, you're I'm back not, to that hocus pocus. I'm right not now. woo enough to answer that <laughs> properly. <laughs> so I think I just have to finish the Witching Hour series to figure out what the big deal is about this heifer. I think so. Okay. <laughs> That's my rant. Okay. So um, what is next on my list? Um, I'll have to go with Someone Else's Love Story by Jocelyn Jackson. Oh. I normally love her books. She has beautiful writing and I love her characters and she has a really good mix of funny and poignant. But somebody somebody else's love story I quit about halfway through and it really hurt my heart to do it. I but I had to slog to even get through that first half. I'm oh, oh my god, it broke my heart. But with the book, I found that it was way too much backstory. And there wasn't enough front story or in, in order to justify the amount of backstory that was shoved into the book. Yeah. And I was wondering if maybe she should have made the backstory the book itself. I don't have a huge amount of stuff to say about that. I hate that I didn't finish it. Again, I really love her. I love her work. Huge backstories, prologues, and info dumps. You, you just can't. Sift through any of that. But you know, life is short. You're right. Mm-hmm. Life's too short to sift through that. Exactly. You didn't go on a Sabrina rant about how the characters pissed you off and how it no. affected your life. And... No, I think you're. I think I might be the the straight man to your comedic half. I don't know. You straight I mean, we're both, man? We're both, Come on. I mean, we're both hilarious bitches, but <laughs> I was doing some editing, and sometimes when I damn near piss myself laughing during editing, it's usually stuff that you say. I don't tell jokes, though. You say stuff in some really funny fucking ways. Like the, um, God, what episode was it? The, um, the literary crushes. We were talking about, um, the Tickle Me Elmo. (laughs) That one had me rolling pretty hard. Your ranting is... I'm kind of an asshole, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But, um... I'm starting to realize that as I get older. (laughs) Welcome to the club. (laughs) Okay, so enough of this circle jerk. What's next on your list? Game of Thrones. Okay. So I'm going to confess to something else here. Okay. I was a huge True Blood fan, and I read through the Sookie Stackhouse stories. Mm-hmm. As True Blood was coming to an end, during that last season, they started putting all these commercials together for something called Game of Thrones. Okay. And I was like, oh, it looks kind of cool because that's my thing, you know, fantasy stuff. As the episode started, I was like, whoa, there is a wealth of characters. Because, you know, episode one, we, we get introduced like to 35 people. And it's like you have to know who all 35 of these people are. And they make little comments to each other that you know are inside jokes. And I said, okay, what's the history on this? And it happened to be my douchebag brother who bought me Game of Thrones, the first three books for Christmas, mm-hmm. like maybe 10 years ago or something. Okay. No, it wasn't. It was just the whatever the year season one came out but he bought them do you know how you buy those collector's edition ones Mm -hmm. and it comes in the cloth and stuff yeah so that's what he bought and i was like this asshole's never seen a book in his life this is (laughs) get the paperback and let's get going so he gets (laughs) Yeah, i can't do a lot of hardbacks it's like paperbacks they're portable i can take them with me yes a lot easier um to sum up a story really fast 
those three books that he got me are still sitting on my nightstand untouched. Oh, wow. We were at episode four of season one when I got those or something. And I tried to read through it. Okay, you have to be honest with your podcast. When I realized there was like a lot of hackney talking and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I love watching fantasy. I don't like reading fantasy because I never read Dune either. Okay. None of that stuff I really read through. When I say I read through fantasy, I think it's more the urban fiction of like Anne Rice, Stephen King. Okay. But the George R.R. Martins, I don't really touch their stuff. Never read Game of Thrones. Never seen it. But you know what? It's not your show. I I live under a rock. You wouldn't like it. My, um, one of my professors, he... He did my Shakespeare class, and now he's doing the, I call it the Pirates and Hoes class, but it's um, Pirates, Witches, Courtesans, the rogues of literature. But anyway, in all of his classes, he, he makes these Game, of, eh, these Game of Thrones references, and I know I gotta be honest, but I never fessed up to not watching Game of Thrones, because like, I'm already getting A's in this class, I don't want to give him, re- I mean, I know he wouldn't flunk me out for not having seen Game of Thrones, but... I don't want to be a product of roasting. I don't yeah. Want to, I don't want to get roasted for it. You watched the Tudors, right? Mm-hmm. So you got into the Tudors. Do you think... They played fast, very fast and loose with the historical <laughs> facts, but you know. <laughs> Do you think you could watch a version of the Tudors that just happened to have zombies and dragons in it mm-hmm. and, and took place in like a Middle Earth type of area? I don't know. I think it'd be a lot for you. Like you're like, this is kind of convoluted. Just this kill is, them already. This is obligatory television. And I need a flowchart to keep track of everyone. I don't want to do that right now. And that's, I don't know why I, I get into it because you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Korean dramas. Okay. But yeah, that's um, Game of Thrones. That that was my pick of what I haven't finished reading. Okay. So book I didn't finish reading was Before I Go to Sleep by S.J. Watson. Oh. That was one of those books I made it halfway through before quitting. That's actually my to read list. Yeah. Um... Should I take it off? I think it's one of those where you should see the movie. Okay. Because um, the author was hitting the plot points at the exact spot where you're supposed to hit the plot points. So, you know, the pace on paper, no pun intended, is where it's supposed to be. But it, it was very repetitive between those plot points. And the writing was kind of dry and it kind of dragged while it was trying to get from point A to point B. I'm sorry. I finished this book and I think I was one that recommended it to you. It was kind of stupid. That's okay. Um, it kind of felt like I was, kind of felt like Groundhog Day. And I'm like, didn't this shit just happen? Ugh. Yeah. That said, it would probably make a good movie though. Because you're not investing as much time in a movie. Yeah. So the repetitive business would be a lot more bearable. The ick factor of that story was high though. I let myself be spoiled to that. And I think it's one of those domestic suspense things that are that are actually right up my alley. <laughs> gotcha. So I think I need to watch the movie. I think it is screenplay material, though. I think it's a great concept, and I do like those those domestic thrillers. Yes. Okay. Next on my list is The Sun is Also a Star. And that has been made into a film. Okay. And it, I think it's, it's one of those... Um, romantic stories two people meeting sort of thing is that nicola yoon i believe it is i have that on my to be read shelf that has been sitting on my nightstand for three years okay i read everything everything 
And oh my god, it's such an amazing book. It's a perfect book. I love it and I recommend it to everybody. The reason why the sun is also a star is sad is because three years ago, I took a photo of myself on Instagram holding it. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was really cool. I was like, hey, I'm reading this book. And then I never finished it. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't that it wasn't good or I didn't get into it. I just put it down and more books ended up on top of it. Uh, So even though I have a pile that I'm continually going through, there is a pile of eight books sitting in my room that have not budged because of all the books that I put on top of it. I've had that happen too. Um, Those were kind of, I was in my, um, what books are the Mad Men people reading? That kind uh, of thing. So um, Don Draper was reading The Best of Everything. And um, Sal was rhapsodizing about Joan Crawford in the movie version. And then there was another book, um, The Group, by Mary McSomething. I did not do the recent... Maybe you can look that up for me. Yes. But that was supposed to reflect the lives of women in that particular era as well. And I think I had a case where I had other stuff I had to read because I was getting sexy new book syndrome. And I'm like, ooh, shiny! And I think I had that kind of situation where other books were piling on top of the books I need to read. So Mary McCarthy, you were correct. Mary McCarthy, okay. So what I have to do is get back into the right mood and then pick those up again. Uh-huh. So they're not books I failed to finish and never want to see again. They're books more like, I put it down and I need to pick it back up because what the hell was I thinking putting it down? And I tend to look at what you read on Goodreads and oh. put it onto my to-read list, a list that will continue growing and growing and never end. And... Am I, dare I say it, an influencer? Yes. And I'm going to give you my last book. Which, it's actually the last book in a series. Okay. Um, did you ever read the Run, Rabbit, Run series? Oh, John Updike? Yes. I can't do John Updike. Okay. He was, he's kind of that, um, the boomer male authors who objectify women in their prose, but they try and get all intellectual about it. So here's the thing. I didn't like the series. I had to read Run, Rabbit, Run for, um, I think it was probably for school. Because it's not like I casually picked up John Updike's Run, Rabbit, Run to read. Mm-hmm. So I read it and I got into it and I felt bad about how the story ended. So here's this kid, basketball scholarship. He wants to do this stuff. He's in love with a girl. She's going to go away to college. And then he gets a girl in his hometown pregnant and that's his life. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad. I was like, really? That happened? Yeah. And plus back in the day, that's kind of what you did. You get someone pregnant, you had to marry them. That, and that's join what happened mi- to him. Join the military and marry the girl you knocked up. So when we get into, what was it? Rabbit is Mad or something. Book two. He's like middle age. His kids are young. His wife's cheating on him. And it was just like these really hardcore Debbie Downers. Mm-hmm. And then in the third book, his kids are a bit older. They're about to get ready to go to college. And he's like trying to tell them stories. Like, this is what you should do. But none of them listen to him. And he doesn't feel like he's he has a voice. But even though we're listening to someone who sort of struggled the last 30, 40 years, I didn't really have too much empathy with him. I just wanted to see how it ended. And then I was like, okay, Rabbit at Rest is the last book. And I know he's going to die in that book. Mm. But I was like, do I want to read a Debbie Downer where he's going to die as miserable as he's been living ever since high school? (laughs) Oh, and then he goes and he finds um, the girl he would have ended up with had he not knocked up his wife. Okay. And she's working in New York. But I hated the way they did that character. Mm. So I guess not ending up with him, she never got married. 
but she became like some executive in New York and he was sitting well, good on her. He was sitting there and he's watching her talk because they actually met up and had lunch. Mm-hmm. And he kept on commenting about how she wasn't as pretty as his wife. And then he went home. So that's, I think maybe the she reason. She dodged a bullet. I reading it for college. That's one thing. Reading it for school or whatever. That's how I got through it. I had to, yeah. you know, finish the homework. Mm-hmm. But faced with reading the very last book, I haven't found the time to do so. And if you don't have the desire, you're under no obligation. Okay. But I feel like one day Googling it just to see what happened to him. Like, I know he's going to oh. die, but I just... Yeah, there's not much invested in Googling the ending. You know what's funny is sometimes I'm cool with spoiling the ending of a book. Yeah. Because sometimes I just want to know if the book is worth it to read. And I did that with Room because it's really disturbing subject matter. I couldn't read it. I can't do anything. I had to spoil the ending because I love Emma Donahue. Um, Slammerkin was a great book. Yeah. And I'm a sucker for historical. I had put off reading Room for a long ass time. Gotcha. But then I heard it was really super good. I'm like, oh, fuck. I gotta read this. I gotta read this. I don't know what compelled me to read it. You know, it was probably because it was like a dollar at the thrift store or something. So I picked it up. And then I spoiled the ending just to make sure the book wasn't gonna fuck me up because I didn't want to go through all of that just to have it turn out to be a downer ending. And it's based on the Fritzel case. Mm-hmm. Am I correct in saying that happened right here in Antioch? Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, that was a different case. They're talking about that Germany case. Mm-hmm. That weirdo out in Austria. Yeah, that was... Because Germany, Austria, <laughs> same thing. Sabrina at procrastinationplanet.com. No, because... Um, Are we going to alienate our German listeners? No, no, not at all. Okay. We love everyone. I, I was thinking it was the Antioch story. Okay. You had that all confused. Yeah, because there was someone well, who got... Antioch and Austria begin with the letter A. So no, 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 no. no. The Austria story was more elaborate in what he did all those years. Mm-hmm. But in Antioch, there was a guy who had kids locked in his tool shed for years. Yeah. And it wasn't until he was like away that the neighbors were like, you know what? For the past 10 years, we've kind of heard weird noises. Can someone go check that out? It's like, fucker. A week. Couple days. Mm-hmm. I'd, I would have called 911. But that's, again, that's me being a prude and being angry. and. Well, it's not being prude. Not, not, what's, what am I doing? What am I... You're being an armchair quarterback? Yes. There you go. For the past decade, we've thought that weirdo next door has been doing some weird shit in that tool shed. Yeah. We just got around to telling you now. Yeah, so there's some books where... Um, also, I think as a writer, too, if it's like a suspense kind of book... Yeah. I'll spoil the ending anyway. Number one, is it gonna, if it's a doorstop or a length novel, is it going to be worth my time? Number two, as a writer, I kind of want to see how the writer got to the ending. Yes. So I want to kind of see the construction of it. So I kind of look at it from that particular angle. But if there's something where I absolutely demand to be unspoiled, then I won't spoil it. I get you there. Yeah. Okay, so what's next on my list would be Crazy Rich Asians. I want to see the movie, though. It has Aquafina in it, and I, I've always loved her rap, because she is so hysterical. She is wonderful, and, and she can hella flow, too. I would, I would love to have that rapping ability. I'm super jealous of her. But the novel itself, I thought it was just, you know, I picked it up because I, I knew. I just wanted to have, like, a cotton candy bubblegum kind of read where I didn't have to do any fucking thinking. And plus, I love, I love stories that poke fun at rich people. Yeah. Because I'm a class warrior, yo. But the thing that stopped me was there was so much of that as you know Bob dialogue. That's basically where where the two speakers tell each other shit they already know only for the benefit of the reader. 
it's way too expository. People don't actually talk that way. And it's stuff that you could put into, into the summary, into the narrative. As you know, Sabrina... Was she a first-time novelist? I think it was a debut novel. I don't know if his sequels have that same problem. Okay. But um, I can't with the as-you-know-Bob dialogue, or as other people call it, overly expository dialogue. I mean, you're not going to have exact realism in your dialogue, because otherwise the dialogue would be fucking boring. Yeah. I edit the podcast when I edit out the boring shit. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want dialogue that is so unnatural that it takes the reader away from the story. Gotcha. But again, I love the concept and I need to see the movie so badly. I saw the movie. It was cute. Okay. I'm going to throw that in my ne- Netflix queue. I need to exactly. remind myself. When it gets on Netflix, totally watch that one. And, and put down Creed 2 as well. You need to watch that. <laughs> oh, yes. I think Big Nasty has unofficially become our mascot. <laughs> yes, he is. Did you see that that tweet? The, the, the... Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. He was in his feels. He was writing poetry. Aww. He was putting up inspirational memes that he found through Google Images. Oh. I But I'm worried about him, Carly. Oh, no. <laughs> he hasn't booked another job yet. He's doing all the promotional stuff, but he hasn't mm-hmm. booked another acting gig. And you know how it Does goes. Does he do other stuff, though? No, this was his first job. But doesn't he do, like... Does he do martial arts or um, fitness or other He was stuff? a boxer, but he lost all 80 fights. Okay. Did he win money from those fights? No? Okay. Hmm. I'm getting scared that he's what... going to have to go back to Romania and disappear. Well, he probably can get himself a sugar mama. Oh, yeah. He could definitely do that, but Project fine. Get Big Nasty on another major motion picture. Okay. Project, our podcast needs a shit ton of listeners so we can get a shit ton of sponsorships. So that we can make a shit ton of money and then Sabrina could be big nasty sugar mom. No. Do you know what I fantasize about? What? I fantasize about him being the star in that action screenplay that I wrote a little while back. Oh. Like he makes me want to take that one out of the drawer, dust it off, and submit it on the blacklist to see if anyone would read it. Hmm. He's your muse. That's his job. Okay, big nasty. That is your job. We can't pay you, but you'll have exposure. We could pay you in exposure. In exposure to all of our viewers. Maybe he gets all kinds of sponsorships from his Instagram. I think he does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's got a shit ton of followers and everything. He probably has sponsorships. Yeah. He's okay. He is okay. We don't need to worry about him. But you are Sabrina's muse. So that is, you can put that in your IMDb, right? He's our mascot. Yeah. I'm down with that. We talk about him like he's a third person on this podcast. (laughs) And I'm not mad at that. I think it's kind of, hey, it's become a thing. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I have no idea how to deal with the noise gate when I edit. It's the thing that takes out all the background noise. Like if you have an annoying neighbor who has a leaf blower or the whirring of my heat dish or barking dogs in the background or if I have to clear my throat or if I'm scribbling out my notes. The thing is, I don't know how to find just the right level because... Whenever I touch it past its default setting, then it cuts out legit dialogue. Yeah. And I haven't figured that one out yet. So you guys are going to deal with background noises unless we can afford a professional. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. Oh, I forgot to mention. Okay. Shout out that we're now on iTunes. I'm loving it. We are on iTunes and we we have a five-star review. 
Shout out to Lishka for giving us a five-star rating and a review. And if you guys keep doing that, five-star rating and just a brief review, you don't have to say anything in particular, just any kind of review. Say, great podcast, boom. That kind of helps push us up the charts. That's how iTunes works. I think that's how Stitcher works as well. So give us five-star ratings and review us on Stitcher as well. And we will give you shout-outs any time we see the new stuff popping up. Yes. And at some point I want to do a Patreon, but right now it feels like a lot of work to get all the rewards out and everything, and I don't want to take money and not give out rewards in a timely manner. Yeah. If I can figure out things that won't be so time-consuming, then we could do a Patreon. But again, I don't want to just take your guys' money and not come through with rewards. There's nothing that gives me more anxiety than not being able to fulfill a promise. Gotcha. I don't like when people break their promises to me. Yeah. I hate when someone promises something to me and then... Doesn't follow through. Yeah. And that's... It's the whole false hopes thing. I hate that the most. So I don't want to inflict that on other people. Very cool. But, but if I ever get the time, we'll do Patreon and I'll let you know. No Go worries. Ahead. Sorry. Um, thank you to everyone who's following us on Instagram. Yeah. And on Twitter. Our Facebook page, people check in to see mm-hmm. what we're up to. And they'll follow it over to our podcast, which I like. Keep downloading episodes. If you download, we can see it in the analytics that somebody downloaded our stuff. Yay! And that that makes us feel good. No obligation, of course, but it would be nice. But we love seeing that you're coming on and listening and and enjoying our our podcast. Yeah, we're slowly but surely building a following. Yes. And it's really exciting. And we would love to create more episodes for you. If anyone has any episode suggestions as well, you're free to email us at procrastinationplanetpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs and not in a dirty way and give us suggestions from there. That sounds perfect. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, (laughs) we're rambling now. I'm rambling and I'm also Carly Knight. And I'm Sabrina Monet. And this has been Procrastination Planet. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Procrastination Planet has been written and produced by me, Carly Knight, and my partner in crime, Sabrina Monet. Our logo was designed by C. Trojan of C. Trojan Art. For more of his work, go to ctrojanart.com. Our theme music is Laser Unicorns by Christian Penn, courtesy of Gemendo Licensing. Visit us at procrastinationplanet.com. Follow us on Twitter at ProcrastPlanet. Follow us on Instagram at ProcrastinationPlanetPodcast. If you like us, tell your friends and spread the word. If you hate us, lie and tell your friends how much you like us anyway. We could use the publicity.